cuteness overload there. Or you remember when the biggest thing you were waiting on was like a bowl of candy? You know, like that was the thing you were anticipating. Or maybe it was that Christmas gift that you had really asked for and hoped for and wanted to, uh, to come through. Um, anticipation can definitely be tough as a kid, but it seems like as we get older, the things that we're waiting on seem to get bigger and bigger, don't they? The things that we anticipate seem to come with higher stakes as we, as we get older. Maybe this morning you're, you're waiting on something and you don't have that cute little smile on your face. Maybe you're waiting on a job offer to come through or maybe you're waiting on some kind of healing uh, in some form or fashion or maybe you're waiting on a relationship of some kind to be mended. Uh, maybe you're just waiting on a tough season to pass by. Uh, maybe you've been waiting for the right person to come into your life or or maybe you've been praying for someone and really hoping for someone to, to really love and encounter Jesus, and that's the thing that you're waiting on. And I, I think that it can be difficult to wait. Anticipation, as they say, it can, be, can kill us, right? It's, it's, anticipation is killing us. But it's easy to forget, but God makes every wait worth it. The Christmas story is great evidence of the power of God's plan unfolding in his perfect timing. Our job, which can be easier said than done, is to do what we just talked about is anticipation. And anticipation is really the idea today that we're diving into. Last week, Stephen talked about preparation for the best gift ever. Today, we're talking about living this life of anticipation. Now, anticipation is one of the greatest assets that we can possess. It makes the list of the top three essential qualities. Now, these three remain. Anybody remember what they were? Faith, hope, and love. And I think that those three really encapsulate the combination of those three really encompass what it means to live with anticipation. That anticipation really is faith, hope, and love. It's this love for God that brings us hope and really results in this life of faith. And so what if we learn, and I really had this thought about, you remember, remember like on that Christmas night, Christmas Eve, or whatever it is, or maybe there's a moment in your life where you just, you have that night where you just can't sleep because you're just like so excited about the day that it's about to come, or, or maybe it's to wake up to that uh, Christmas gift or wake up Christmas morning to uh, experience those Christmas gifts. And uh, I just had this thought, like, wouldn't it be great if we could really live with anticipation in each day like that? Like, we woke up every morning really anticipating, what is God, what, what, what is my Father, the giver of every perfect gift? Like, what does He have in store for me today? Like, what if we woke up and really lived the kind of a life that, uh, that was just rich and full of anticipation? Again, knowing who God was and knowing what he might have in store for us. And as we really have been looking all throughout this series, what we're uh, going to talk a little bit about today is somebody who, who waited and waited and, and had to live with or really develop um, and experience some anticipation. And, you know, this particular story was a story out in front of the best gift ever, and it's a story about another baby that would be born, and that was a baby named John who would prepare the way for the best gift ever in Jesus. And so uh, the backstory to John being born uh, was a couple named Zachariah and Elizabeth. They longed for a child all of their life, and year after year went by, and they waited, and they waited, and uh, it just seemed like this gift would never come about. And Elizabeth had prayed time and time again, uh, but she was barren. She couldn't have children, and it really had reached this point where it would be what we would call medically impossible because they were way too old to conceive children. But impossible, as we know, is not a word that God is familiar with. 
So at just the right time and just the right way, a message came to them from the Lord declaring that the impossible was about to happen. And Zechariah, he was a priest, and Zechariah and Elizabeth were both faithful people who loved God and, and honored him and lived their life uh, in such a way that was righteous and good. And Zechariah was a priest. He served the Lord, and, and his name came up one night for uh, being the priest that would go and burn incense to God. And so it just so happened that at that particular night, his name came up, and he would go into the temple, uh, and that is the time when everything changed for him. And in Luke 1, 11 through 17, it says, Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before the Lord in the spirit of power of Elijah to turn the hearts of parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now, what I want to spend a little time just kind of pulling out from this story is what does it look like to live this life of anticipation? What are some things that we need to really live a life of anticipation? If we're going to approach each day and really approach all that comes our way with anticipation of all that God would have for us, how do we do that? And the first thing that we need is eyes that are ready to perceive. Eyes that are ready to perceive. And here's what happens as, as the angel brings uh, Zechariah this message. Now, I would love to report that he just had all this anticipation in him, but really what we see is more hesitation than anticipation. And so the way that he replies, so Zechariah's first question to the angel is this, how can I be sure of this? How can I be sure of this? He says, I'm a man, an old man, and my wife is well along in years. And then the angel said to him, I am Gabriel, I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. And so Zacharias' response to the angel's message is, this message of hope and promise is, how can I be sure that what you're telling me will come to pass? How can I be sure? And I think that we all, if we're honest, we have hesitation at different times about things that might, God might be doing in our lives, things that we're praying for, things that we're hoping for. We all have these hesitations, and we ask this question from time to time. It's like, how, how can I be sure? How can I be confident of this? And what we lack sometimes is eyes to really perceive what God would do. Some fail to see God entirely. And in 1961, when the Soviet leader sent out a cosmonaut into space, um, the cosmonaut, who was an atheist, returned, and he reported as he came back from space that he had not found God there. So he was happy to report as an atheist that he had not found God as he went out into space, that there was no uh, sign of God there. And a New York magazine asked C.S. Lewis to respond to this report from the cosmonaut. His essay was what is called The Seeing Eye, and it would be, it's, it's a, it'd be worth reading the whole thing. There's a lot of great excerpts there. Uh, but here's one that I really appreciated. Here's what C.S. Lewis had to say to response to the cosmonaut that said God was not in space. Here's what he said. He said, to some, God is discover discoverable everywhere. To others, nowhere. Those who do not find him on earth are unlikely to find him in space. 
But send up a saint in a spaceship and he'll find God in space as he found God on earth. Much depends on the seeing eye. Do we have eyes to perceive? Do we have eyes to see? And we all ask Zachariah's question in one fashion or another, in one way or another, at one time or another. We all fail to see sometimes. And we can give Zachariah a hard time, can we? I mean, after all, this guy got an angel. Now, how many of you like to like an angel to come and report what God is going to do? Like, I feel like if an angel showed up, this being that I've never encountered before as a messenger from God, that I was standing next to me, just, you know, and, and he's clearly afraid. He's never encountered anything like this before. This is clearly a divine moment, yet he still asks the question, like, but how can I be sure? Dude, you got an angel. Like, what? What more do you want? You have an angel reporting. And I love the angel's response because he's basically like, how can this be? And the angel's like, allow me to introduce myself, you know? Like, let me introduce myself. My name is Gabriel, and just here's my credentials, just in case you're wondering. I stand in the presence of God. Any other questions? Okay, then let's proceed. And here's a plot twist for you, by the way, Zachariah. You will be unable to speak because of the doubts that clouded you from seeing what God was about to do. Now, we can all give him a hard time, but we struggle to perceive God is doing and what he's doing at times too. And I would venture to guess that I'm not the only one that's prone to hesitation from time to time. We are prone to hesitation, but we are really made for anticipation. And here's what I love, though, about that. That the fact that Zechariah doubted did not negate God's miracle. God wasn't like, hey, I, okay, now I'm not going to do it because you didn't, you know, you didn't perfectly believe or you had doubts in your mind. What I love is that God blesses Zechariah anyway, and what is true here is that God's blessing is based on God, it's not based on us. So you might have doubts today, you might have questions, you might have hesitation, but despite our doubts, God displays his favor anyway. Things would have gone much smoother if he had eyes to perceive, and I think our prayer should really be, God, move me beyond hesitation and give me eyes of anticipation. And the last thing we want as this Christmas season comes along is for Christmas to pass us by and we fail to perceive the gift of Christmas. You know, there's many that first Christmas that missed Christmas that first day. They're the gift of Christmas on that first Christmas day. I mean, the innkeeper is one of them. There's not a lot that we know about the innkeeper, but here's just something a little bit notable. He made the Savior of the world sleep in a stable, you know? Like, this is... This guy didn't realize that the miracle of Christmas was literally knocking at his end door. And he's like, I don't really have any rooms in here. But tell you what, I got a nice barn over here that you can sleep in, you know. And here's this woman that's about to give birth and she's forced to sleep out in a stable, you know. And here, we don't read much about the innkeeper, but here he is. He's inside watching the Bearcats game and a miracle is unfolding in his barn. Like, I mean... It's incredible. Now, to be fair to the innkeeper, he's probably not watching the Bearcats game. Um, he's probably more likely just completely busy because he has a full house of guests that night, right? He's running an inn. It's a big job. Frederick Buettner, he writes as if he were the innkeeper, and he says, he says this, I speak to you as men of the world, not as idealists, but as realists. Do you know what it's like to run an inn, to run a business, a family, to run anything in the world for that matter, even your own life? Well, it's like being lost in a forest of a million trees, and each tree is a thing to be done. Is there fresh linen on the beds? Did the children put their coats on before they went out? Has the letter been written? Has the book been read? Is there enough money left in the bank to pay this bill? Today we have food in our bellies and clothes on our back, but 
What about tomorrow? A million trees, a million things. Finally, we have eyes for nothing else, and whatever we see turns into a thing. So do we have eyes to perceive the best gift ever? Are we just seeing these millions of trees, these millions of things? Our doubts, our busyness, life's challenges, all of these things, all this running around during Christmas time, all these things take our eyes off of the best gift ever. And so the first thing we need if we're really going to experience and embrace God's gift both in Jesus and the, the, the things that God brings in light of Jesus and along with Jesus, is that we need eyes to perceive. So God, give us eyes to perceive and, and help us to see your best gift, but also help us to see all of the gracious things that come through your hand and through your presence. We also need hearts that are ready to trust. So Mary uh, comes and vis- visits Elizabeth uh, in this time, and she's been told about a miracle that would happen to her as well, and so they're having these shared moments, both having this anticipation, and it says that as, as Mary got uh, ready and hurried to the town to, to Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth, and when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, so this baby John, that this, this gift in her belly leaps in, uh, in anticipation of the gift that she was in the presence of. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child that you bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? And as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. And then she says this, Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Now, Zechariah probably was standing there. I don't know if this was a jab at him. Like, you know, like, blessed is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Because remember, he doubted. I don't think it's a jab at her husband as much as it is a testament to Mary who trusted God through a very complicated process. Yes, you might be like, okay, well, in, in hindsight, we can look at this story and it all pans out in a great way. But can you imagine being Mary, right? Who's, yes, it's kind of cool to be chosen to bear the Son of God, I guess. Sounds like a lot of pressure, right? And a bit overwhelming. She's a young teenager, She's carrying a baby out of wedlock. At least, you know, it's kind of socially complicated as well. There's a lot of implications here. Lots of questions being raised. Sure, the gift was coming, but can you imagine waiting on it? Can you imagine the wait? And here's something about anticipation that I really find difficult. That you have to wait. Anticipation is what we do in advance of the arrival of the gift. And so it's, it's prior to experiencing the gift. It's prior to seeing the gift. It's prior to holding that gift in your hands. And so anticipation is what we have to do in advance of the arrival of the gift. And that can be really difficult. We uh, this year decided that we were going to like pull out all the stops. And so we got a gift, just a big gift this year. We got all of our families involved. We got my mom and dad and Justin's mom and dad in on it. And we're like, we're just going to do one big awesome gift. And so we ended up getting this trampoline for our kids. It's okay because we, we, we lacked anticipation so much that we just gave it to them when it came. And uh, on December 3rd, they got Christmas. And it was awesome. It was such a cool day. Now, the week leading up to it, we've been telling them, like, hey, your big Christmas gift. Like, the gift is coming on December 3rd. And so the anticipation was building out in advance of that. They had all kinds of questions. Like, Aiden had all these questions. Like, is it an inside gift or an outside gift? How big is the gift? I'm like, I'm not answering any questions. But 
I love the anticipation, and there's anticipation both for me as the giver and for them as they uh, receive it, and it's such an exciting, fun thing, and I couldn't wait to give it to them, and that moment where you reveal the gift is so worth it, right? And they're so excited. They go out there, and they see it, and it's, it's awesome, and uh, they're, they literally, like, from sun up to sundown, as long as we're, like, it's cold out or whatever, they're out there jumping on this thing, and it's a win for us, too, because, like, it totally zaps all their energy, you know, too. So they're having a great time. And uh, Jude, though, he's, he can't get on there with the other kids because he just, like, plops around like a rag doll, you know. Like, I'm like, don't, you can't get on, buddy. Like, he's like, I'm going to trampoline too. I'm going to bounce. I'm going to bounce. You know, I'm like, bro, you can't bounce with the other guys. Just trust me on this. And uh, so, so he, he come up to me then. He would say, get those guys out of there. Like, get, get those guys out of there. It's my turn. You know, he wants to take his turn. Um, but it's so fun to give a great gift, right, that you've been preparing, that you've been planning for. And it's also great to be on the receiving end of that. Sometimes it's the weight that's difficult. And how many know, and maybe right now you're experiencing a time right now where you can, you're, you're, you're trying to anticipate victory, but you're living in a valley. You ever been in those seasons where you're trying to anticipate victory, but you're living in a valley? And sometimes that victory can be tough to see when you're down in that valley, right? Maybe you're praying for victory in this moment, but you're living in a valley. And I think it's easy to see God's faithfulness. It's easy to see the gift once it's there, right? It's much different when you haven't seen the gift yet. I mean, imagine, for example, you know, it's one thing to see a Red Sea parted. It's another thing to have your back up against that Red Sea and anticipating what's God going to do now. Like, how's he going to show up now? Because all I see is this sea, and all I see is these guys marching in on me, ready to, to take us down. And so what do we do in those moments? How do we see what God's going to do, and how do we have a heart that trusts in those kinds of moments? And anticipation of God's future really requires a strong memory of God's past. It really, anticipation of God's future really requires a strong memory of God's faithfulness in the past. One of my favorite books of the really sections of the Bible is the Psalms. And one of the reasons I love the Psalms is just because how real and raw they are. When you read the Psalms, you have just these everyday people just like pouring out their heart to God. And sometimes they're in these desperate moments of despair. And they're saying just really honest things about what they feel, which is like, God, where are you right now? Like, why aren't you answering my prayer? Like, are you eventually going to come to my aid? Like, what is going on? I mean, this is the essence of so many of the Psalms. There's even just these heart cries of the people. They're like, God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you forgotten me? And then often what you see in the middle of the Psalms is there's just this kind of lamenting that's happening. And then you'll see a moment where they take heart thinking about God's past. They're like, oh, yeah, I remember, though. I can't feel it right now, or I can't sense how God's working right now, but I remember how he worked it all out in the past. I remember how he showed up in the past. I remember how he showed up to our ancestors. And so there's this, this moment of just worship that kind of happens down in the valley, recounting all of the things that God has done in the past. And often, anticipation of God's future requires a strong memory of God's past. And so what, if you're in one of those valleys right now, what can you remember of God's faithfulness? How can you channel that to know that he is also present with you in this current struggle, that he hasn't left you just like he never left you before. So the question is, how do we know our Heavenly Father has a good gift coming our way? Same reason my kids did, because they know that I love them, and I have a good track record of giving good gifts. I mean, this is, it's true, you know, try to give good gifts, right? And God 
says, and Jesus really points out to us, it's, 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 I love when Jesus logics us. You know, it's like there's so many times where he just asks a question, he sits with it, and there's other times that Jesus just logics us. And he logics us in Matthew 7, 9 through 11 when he says, listen, parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Interesting comparison. Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? And so Jesus reminds us, like, how do we know that God is going to bring us good gifts and God's got great outcomes and victory for us? Well, look at his track record and understand that he, he, he loves you more than anything else. He's a loving father. He's way more loving than we could be as, as sinful people. He's a loving father, and he's done it before. He will do it again. So we need a heart. If we're going to live with anticipation, we need a heart that is ready to trust. And, and then we need feet that are ready to move. Now, surprise, surprise, God keeps his promise to Elizabeth. And this incredible gift, whose name was John, John the Baptist, came to proclaim and prepare the world for God's best gift ever. Luke 1, 76-79, it says this, Zechariah says this of him, And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. John's purpose in God's divine plan to get people ready for the best gift ever, to build anticipation. And he wanted everyone to be ready for this gift, so how did he go about it? Well, it says in Luke 3 that he went out into all the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it was written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked paths, crooked roads shall become straight, the rough ways smooth, and all the people will see God's salvation. So salvation is coming. This is John's message. God's gift is coming. Salvation is coming. And so what does he tell them to do? Repent. Repent. Turn from your other ways and turn toward God. Pursue God. And that requires us to move our feet. We don't anticipate just sitting on our hands. We move our feet. We take steps of repentance. We take steps of anticipation, preparing ourselves for the gift. And I think sometimes we see waiting as, well, I'm just waiting on God. Whenever he shows up, that time will be great. But in the meantime, I'm just waiting here for him. No, we worship in our waiting. We pray in our waiting. We, we draw near to God in our waiting. We do everything we can to position ourselves for that gift that God might have in store for us. I don't know if many of you played sports. I was a soccer player. I played other sports. But um, what would happen in soccer if I, on defense, just stood there like this? That's not anticipating anything. What is it? I'm playing defense. What's going to happen? I'm flat-footed. Somebody's going to blow right past me, right? I'm not in a position of anticipation, right? I need to be anticipating. I need to be postured in a way that I'm moving with the ball. I'm anticipating what the guy on offense is going to do. Same thing is true on, on offense, right? If you're playing offense, what are you doing when you don't have the ball? You're positioning yourself off of the ball, right, to get the ball. And some of the most important strategic things that happen on the field are, in basketball, in soccer, and so many sports, are what you do off of the ball. So are you moving off of the ball in anticipation to receive the ball? 
And I think this is what really is necessary for us in our waiting is that we, we move with anticipation. And this is John's message. Hey, salvation is coming in the name of Jesus. Forgiveness is coming in the name of Jesus. Light is shining in the darkness. May he guide our feet on the path of peace. May we move our feet on the path of peace. Faith is anticipation and action. And one of my favorite examples in the scripture is the wise men. They see the star. What do they do? Well, that'll be cool when it happens. You know, we'll wait, we'll wait for God to do it. No, they, they get up and move. They seek. They get their feet moving. And this is what faith is. It's anticipation in action. Now, I'm going to share a story to you with you just here briefly. And I was kind of hoping first hour that I'd run out of time. I wouldn't have to tell it because I've been um, trying to avoid telling the story. And I've been kind of, um, but I, I felt like, you know, just through kind of hanging out with some people that I trust and, and them speaking into me as well as just kind of the Lord leading me to, to share this story. And um, this is kind of an act of faith for me, you could say. Um, and this is a personal story, which is why it's a difficult story. And it's also the other reason why it takes faith for me to share it is because it's an acknowledgement of weakness. I'd rather not acknowledge weakness. You know, I don't know if anybody else feels that way, but it's tough to be vulnerable. I've always tried to kind of lead in that way, but it's difficult to be like, to admit like, hey, I don't have it all together all the time, or there's areas of my life where I don't have it all together. And so um, just, just sharing, I, about three months ago, uh, about in October, middle of October, um, I started, as I'm getting ready to prepare for a trip to go out to start this doctoral program, I, I started kind of having trouble sleeping prior to that week, and then that whole week that I was at that trip, I, had, I couldn't sleep the whole time, and it was, it really was just like this battle was going on, and I, I really, I couldn't define it at that moment, I was having diff- physical symptoms that were happening while I was gone, um, and in the airport and, and at, at, at this thing that I was at, again, not sleeping, and so it was like intensifying all of it, and what, what ended up, what was happening that I've never been able to, I had never put words to before because I've never experienced it before, was I was experiencing anxiety. I don't know where it came from, and so I was kind of hoping that on the other side of the trip, I'd get back, and like everything would calm down, be cool, I'd be sleeping fine, I'd be not dealing with it, but it didn't go away, and so over the last several months, um, I've been just battling with this. And I can just tell you, um, it's been debilitating. Uh, it's been some of the darkest stuff I've experienced. I'm, I'm just being, being honest and candid. Um, and it's been difficult for me because I'm like, as, as, as a guy, I'm like, I, gotta, I need to be at my best for my family. I need to be kind of bringing my all. I need to be on my A game. But there's times, and if you've experienced this before, and again, it's new to me. So when people told me before, like, hey, I've got anxiety, I'm like, okay, well, you know, stop worrying. Like, this is kind of like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't, but you experience it, and you know it's, it's, it's not just as easy as that. And, uh, you know, so, you know, not being able to, to really bring my A game, do the kinds of things that, that I need to do. And so it was, you know, it's just been kind of a, a journey. And so um, it, it's really, really been a, a battle that we've been kind of dealing with personally. Now, um, and, and we've seen God do some cool things, and I know he's up to something. And so when I speak about being in the valley, praying for victory, and anticipating, I mean, much of this message is like, okay, God, I get it. You gave me the anticipation message. You know, like, I, I get it. Like, he's up to something. And so we've, we've been really, you know, one of the things I've had to do, you know, throughout this process is step out in faith. And I think some of that is just like asking for help, like, hey, I need some help. I don't have it all together. Like, I'd, I'd rather be the guy that has it all together and can help other people. 
But there's times we're all in those places. We're like, man, I need some help right now. I need some. Um, and so I, I, I share that story because for, for a couple of different reasons. Number one, I'm asking for your guys' prayer, and we, we've seen a lot of good things, that like God's already been up to some good things, and we're anticipating good things, um, but it has been a challenge, you know, for, uh, for us, for our family. It's been, been a, a dark season for us, and so I'm just asking as, you know, um, as somebody that gets the, the opportunity to lead around here to say, hey, I'm being vulnerable. Would you guys pray for our family? Would you pray, pray for us, pray for me? And I also want to share that story because it's, it's, if, if I get to the opportunity to, as much as I'd like to just share on the other side of it, if I can share in the middle of it, um, I, I think there's probably other people, and I've already seen it today, where God's brought somebody like, man, I've dealt with that, or I'm dealing with that, or whatever it might be. Uh, but the cool thing is, if I can share in the battle, we get to share in the victory, too. And so I'm just asking, would you pray for us, and um, would you do that? And and I look forward to kind of sharing in the victory as God does whatever. And somebody had kind of said to me as they were praying for me that they, the, this prayer of it's going to be one of these stories where, hey, God did it for me. He can do it for you too. And so we anticipate those kinds of things and we're just leaning into the Lord uh, in this season. But I also want to share that because I think there's probably uh, some steps of faith that you need to take. Now, that's, you have no idea how how hard that was for me just to do, you know, because I'm telling you, like, I, I was, I, I don't even really have it in my notes, which is why I'm kind of rambling. I was kind of anticipating not telling that story. Um, but whatever that is, maybe for some of you, you're like, hey, I need to reach out, you know, in my waiting right now, I need to reach out, ask for help on something, or, or hey, I need to try to, you know what, in, in some way, I have, I've been waiting for God to, like, you know, propel my faith, but meanwhile, you're not taking any active steps in that. And so what are your active steps? Maybe you need to get involved more. Maybe you need to dive in a little bit deeper. Maybe you've been waiting to get back into church for some reason, and now's the time to say, well, I'm just going to take a step of faith. I'm going to step out. You know, I could talk about it all day long, but I need to do it. I, I don't know what it is for you, what that step of faith is, what that anticipation and action looks like for you. But we all have to do that. And, um, just like it was true for the wise men, faith isn't just believing something is on the other side of the star. It's moving that direction in advance of knowing. And so what do you need to know, do today in advance of knowing the, the, the fruition or the, the fullness of what God is going to do in your life? And may, maybe it's stepping out and saying, hey, I, you know, I need to get into some counseling or I need to, you know, my, my marriage, we need to work on some things or we need to do some things. What does that look like for you? It's time to get off of your hands and, and take a step. So I went first. I encourage you guys to do that as well and share it with somebody. I think there's accountability in that, and, and it's a beautiful thing. And so appreciate you guys letting me share. I appreciate also just your, your prayers and support. And, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing what it looks like to be part of a body and really a family of people. And it's a misconception, I think, that leaders shouldn't have to, you know, shouldn't be able to share and really uh, lean into the body, and, and I've just seen such a really great dynamic here. Like, I, I don't think there's a lot of places where I'd feel comfortable enough to be like, hey, here's what's going on. And so, um, love you guys, appreciate you guys, and want to continue to encourage you guys to take those steps too. Let's take some time um, to pray, and then uh, we'll, we'll close out with just a song of just celebration uh, and appreciation of all God is doing in our lives. Uh, let's pray. God, thank you so much for your hope, God. We're so grateful, God, because with hope, we have everything. Hope is everything. Anticipation is everything, God. And I thank you for uh, just how you have just 
through the, the gift of Jesus, really demonstrated to us, God, your intention for us and all that you desire, God, and really what better picture of your love. So God, we lean into your love today. We just continue to put our hope in you, and God, we step out in faith. God, we know that these three remain faith, hope, and love, and we want to continue to embody those things, God, and live these lives of anticipation. So I just pray for your people today. Maybe somebody that, that, that step of faith is finally saying, you know what, I don't have all the answers, but I need to receive the best gift ever. Maybe there's still just some things that, hey, I don't know all of it, but I know enough to know that, that I need to receive this gift. And so I, I, I pray for some today that might be wrestling with that choice. I pray for others that maybe um, need to get back into some sort of spiritual rhythm in their life, God, that you would guide them and direct them in that, that you would help them to take a step toward that. I pray for those that are struggling relationally today, God, maybe somebody needs to take a step of faith, offering forgiveness to someone or restoring a relationship, God. Maybe somebody um, needs to step out in a different way, God. I just pray that whatever those things are, that you would convict us and guide us in those things. We thank you so much for the promise of Jesus and the promise of hope. We pray in his name. Amen.